Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Guys, gals, welcome in to this very special episode of Living Off the Land. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dan, along with co-host Ryan. What's up? And special guest and my co-host last year on the Browns post-game shows, uh, Steven Stefano. Steve, what is going on, guys? And welcome to the LOTL Browns preview show for the 2020 season. Can't believe that this season, like we're about to play a real football game on Sunday. Yeah, it's here. Which like is it's nuts. it's nuts. So uh, finally, yeah, yeah, right. Um, like I said, welcome in. Uh, we're gonna go over a lot of Brown stuff uh, over the course of this episode. We're gonna play a schedule game at the end, um, and we're gonna get into the ins and the outs of this weird, weird, weird off season that we've had. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's kick things off. I mean, the last the last time we were talking about the Browns, as far as games being played, was the end of December, and uh, that was the um, eight years ago. <laughs> I very distinctly remember a lot of nasty, ugly podcasts toward the end of last season. Um, I don't even think we did one after the closer at Cincinnati. Thank goodness. No, I don't think we did a season. We did not do a season in review episode. Which, I, I didn't have the strength. And honestly, that feels appropriate. Given the leadership or lack thereof with the team last year, given the way the season played out it, with all of the hype and expectation, I think that you probably handled it exactly the way it was deserved. <laughs> just just take it out back, put it down, well, that, that, <laughs> and move on. That right away, uh, everything changed. I mean, which is a revolving door with the Browns is nothing that we're not accustomed to. But, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens got fired on Black Monday, which is the Monday after the last regular season um, game. And, yeah. Well, I, John Dorsey, too. He ended up leaving. That was a big surprise to me. I don't know how you, either of you guys felt about Dorsey. I was really in on him when we brought him over. In my head, like, we, oh, were, yeah. we were on track to be the next Kansas City because that's where he was, and right. he had been affiliated with Green Bay for so long, long sure. history of success. Um, but it was just not jiving from, from what we learned after the fact. It was not working behind the scenes, which, you know, a bummer. But yeah. um, I also I, like where we're at now, so... I'm always a prisoner of the moment. I, I was extremely, you. extremely upset when the Browns let John Dorsey go. I was worried as heck that they were going to just blow up the roster. They were going to do stuff like trade Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham or and just really just start hacksawing everything. And they didn't do that. And, you know, it just took me a little while to just, you know, settle settle my nerves a little bit after Dorsey left. But, uh, you know... They're, they're in the better shape now. I mean, and Ryan, you had the, the point right before we came on here. Um, 
the idea of Freddie Kitchen still being our head coach with a <laughs> pandemic going on. Oh God! I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, would, would they even be practicing? Would they even be having sessions? Like, I mean, just the lack of communication that was going on in that administration last year. Uh, if you had to do everything via Zoom and all the things that we had to do in the spring and the, the early summer, oh my word. Are, like, are we are we even sure Freddie Kitchen knows how to turn on a computer? Uh, yeah. I mean, no. I, I don't feel good about that. I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, last year we learned uh, the very hard way what a lack of leadership uh, will do to a team because oh my gosh. on paper, I mean, you we saw it everywhere. Every All of the national media – all the local, everyone was talking about, you know, deep playoff runs, AFC title game, Super Bowl in the next two years, three years. And, and on paper, that's that's the thing. That's why, and it's one of the oldest cliches in the book, and I'm going to do it anyway. You don't play the game on paper. You play mm-hmm. it in real life. And then, I mean, that honestly matters because, let's be really honest, every single team in the NFL has talent somewhere. You don't get to the NFL without having, you know, a serious amount of talent. Sure. Uh, and, and. I, I truly believe that you can take a lot of like average NFL players and elevate them as a unit uh, with great co- uh, coaching. I mean, I, I hate them. I really do. But the Patriots are the prime example. They've been taking cast-offs for years. thought you were going to say another team. Oh, no. I'm not doing it. Finger at the ready. <laughs> we're not doing that. Finger not, at the ready. Not yet. I'm sure it'll happen. We're, there's oh, no way we're escaping this podcast. We have, to, we have to play the schedule game, yeah. which which means I get to play that sound by two times. There we go. Guaranteed. But, you know, quality coaching, quality administration, good leadership, those types, you know, if you have a system in place, that can elevate even sure. an average roster. And we have an above average roster. We did last sure. year, and I think we do again this year. And so I'm really, really hopeful that um, with competent leadership that we at least – we're not going to win every game. That doesn't happen in the NFL. Right. Uh, my hope is that we look competent. Unless you're, unless you're Colin well, Cowherd and you're right. talking about the Ravens. Oh, gosh, yeah. He, he's predicted that the Ravens are going undefeated this year. I know. He's, he says what he needs to say to make noise and get views. Yep. But it's very uh, he's Colin Cowherd and right. the real experts out there. Well, not experts, but the you know the high dollar are the, guys are on this show the right now. Oh, yeah. oh Scott, it's your time. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. So at any rate, yeah, I'm yeah. To get back to the point, the idea of you know a Freddie led team uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, he'd probably be wearing that Pittsburgh started shirt at the bars, you know, at town hall. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I did that one. Um, No, he would. I I can see that. He'd probably be, you know, grabbing a brew in the middle of a pandemic wearing that stupid t-shirt. Yeah. Yucking it up. I guarantee Um, he still wears it. I still say that he's probably one of the most fun guys to grab a beer with. Oh, fantastic. I just don't want him leading my my football team. (laughs) Those things don't have to coexist. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough uh, reliving the the abyss that was the 2019 Looking forward. So... Like we said, Freddie Kitchens was let go. John Dorsey let go. Black Monday, and then the Browns went back to their interview process from that year, which brought us Freddie Kitchens and uh, decided to hire Kevin Stefanski as the new head coach, um, and then brought back Andrew Barry, which I know is as Steve alluded to with his disdain for letting go of John Dorsey. The bringing back of Andrew Barry was also very controversial. Um, with you, I know texting with you because, you know, you were of the mindset was well this guy was integral in us going one in thirty one over two years. Why on earth would we bring him back? 
It just didn't make sense. Yeah. Really, just I mean, it's one of those things where it's on paper it doesn't make any sense. I don't. You don't know the business relationships you know that these people have in most cases. But the one example I kept thinking of was when the Browns brought back Michael Lombardi. Uh, those maybe Ugh. six or seven years ago, and I was just like ready to just basically burn my any brown and orange item I had in my closet after they did that. And <laughs> sure enough, it was a total train wreck. It's funny you're wearing you're wearing brown and orange right now. Yes, yeah, it's my not bowling, the Browns. My Bowling Green jersey, yeah. which unfortunately they were canceled this year. But, yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. it's probably you know. not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it isn't. Well, you know, I I was a little skeptical with the Andrew Berry thing as well, just because again. Um, we're trying to move forward, maximize right. the potential with the ro- the roster that we had. Why are we going to the past? Um, but I, I, I kind of give people a pass that were involved with that 1-31 run, um, except Hugh Jackson, because he turned out to be a weenie after the fact. But, like... <laughs> hey, sports fans. Yeah. <laughs> like, who would have thought that like, Al Davis actually knew what he was doing oh firing my, him at 8-8? Yeah, eight eight. Right. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, but, you know, looking at, like, what Sashi did was, it was by design. They were right. He actually were, accomplished his mission. He, he, he did what he. I know he's the he's the scapegoat in, in all of this thing, and I think Andrew Barry by association, but they did exactly what they were instructed to do. Sure, all they did was gut the roster. We still to this day have some of the most cap space in the NFL. Yep, amassed an absurd amount of picks. I think we do actually. We might still if we're not number one, we're very near the yeah, top. Top three. And so you know, I, I sort of give them a pass because one, Barry wasn't in charge at that point in time, and even still, they were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. Now you can agree or disagree with should they have gone full tank mode or not. I sure yeah. that's a different argument. But at the end of the day, um, I like his I like his mentality, I like his analytics, like Steve mentioned. It's he didn't come in and immediately blow it up. You know, you see that all the time with 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 um, the staff as well as the rosters. You gut a, the team yeah. of all of the old guard because you want everybody loyal to you, and it's a yeah. you know, nepotism runs wild. It's friends of friends. It's it's who you know, um, and all that jazz. And we really didn't do that. You know, there were some interesting moves that were made. We can get into that, um, but none of it really blew me away. And yeah. it's I think that they're taking a very calculated analytical approach, and they're they're building a roster and. A, I think a pretty smart way. Yeah. Yeah. The um, so the interesting thing with Andrew Barry is he was he was kind of you know he was brought here by Sashi. When Sashi left, the Browns actually kept Andrew Barry on staff for a while. So, you know, like like you were saying, you talk about how uh, guys might want a fresh start when a new regime comes in. Like with guys like Jarvis, like Andrew Barry was here when Jar when they traded for Jarvis. True. You know Andrew Barry worked under John Dorsey for a while. People don't remember that. It was only until the Eagles came calling with a promotion for him that he left. Uh, I think sometime either right before or during the twenty eighteen season, and then he worked uh, the remainder of the eighteen season and then the nineteen season with the Eagles, and then the Browns brought him back by making him the youngest GM in NFL history. Um, at 32 years old, which is depressing to me because I'm 33. And that is amazing when you think about it. And Andrew Barry, Andrew Barry is an NFL GM, and you know, like what, what are we doing with our lives? That's you know? that's yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So, I think it it helps with a lot of that. You know, you don't have that. Okay, here's these new guys, like all these players, like all right, here's these new guys coming in, like, oh god, like is my is my spot on the roster like okay? Like, do I gotta walk on eggshells with these new guys? Like, a lot of the guys that are on the Browns already knew Andrew Barry, so there was already a lot of that relationship already built. That's a good point, actually. 
that, that like does he was he wasn't the, he wasn't the decision maker, but he's a familiar face. Like he's coming back into the building and hey guys, I'm back. You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think that helped with the transition, and I think ever since he's gotten into the job as GM, Andrew Barry's done a uh, really really good job. Um, like you said, he didn't do what you were afraid of, which is blowing up the roster. They they did turn over about forty percent of the roster this year, uh, but, but not a lot of the key guys. No, it, it's it's the and you see this anytime that a uh, a change in philosophy or whatever you want to say. The fact that it wasn't more happens. than that, I think, is is noteworthy. Yeah, it's it was the bottom of the roster. Even though any anytime you anytime you change a GM or change a coaching staff or whatever, the bottom of the roster is what gets chewed out the most. Yeah, because you know those are your. Those are your special teams guys. Those are your development developmental guys. Like you're not going to unless they're malcontent. If you are a legitimate NFL player, more than likely they're not going to get rid of you unless unless you make it known like, hey, I don't want to play for you. Then they're like, okay, get out. Um, Maybe they'll make a trade. Or yeah, exactly. Something. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so we are into the 2020 season now officially. I mean, it's officially. This is. Yeah. Like it's Labor Day, it doesn't feel. It kind of today's got like a Sunday feel to it, but like mm-hmm. we're in game week. Like I get, I get the Browns that. today are practicing specifically to prepare for the game on Sunday to play the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, That's little, crazy to me. Yeah. We've had no preseason games. It's like where did this come from? Yeah, there's a little bit of a sidebar here, but the, the sports calendar is just so discombobulated right mm. now. The NHL is still playing. The yeah. NBA is still playing. I was at the gym yesterday. The Tour de France was on. Like these, <laughs> these are all events yeah. that usually happened months ago. Yeah. And you know now it seems like well, the NFL is starting back up when they usually start in the weekend after Labor Day. Yeah. It's just a little bit of normalcy finally. And yeah. you know it's it, it feels good. It really does. Yeah. And then uh, it's going to be a little bit weird, though, to see NFL stadiums have, like, those that are allowed to have fans in them have, like, 5,000 people in them. Yeah. I mean, it'll be normal for Bengals fans, but... (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) I knew that were coming. (laughs) It's almost not hyperbole. You look at that game that Browns played at the end of last year, there may not have been 5,000 people in that stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so... Um, we're super pumped. Um, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna get into the schedule game later. And we're gonna go through and give our record predictions on the Browns. Um, given you know we just talked about roster uh, turnover and all that. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts with uh, cut cut down day, which happened uh, the other day, and who made the team, who didn't make the team, who ended up on the practice squad? You know, what were your guys' surprises um, and all that? You know, I don't think there were too many surprises, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, I was keeping an eye on the wide receiver position because I've been rooting for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, yeah. As an Ohio State fan, that's, that, that kind of felt a little bit funny, but um, he was an absolute stud coming out sure. of high school, and I feel like he underperformed and um, and was not utilized well at Michigan, and so I think the, the opportunity for him to, to, to make the roster was really exciting. Um Damian Ratley, who's been with the, with us for a couple of years, was like the notable wide receiver. Taewon yeah. Taylor um, also was cut. Uh, yeah. He actually, Taewon is on our practice squad, so yep. he's staying in town. Ratley was picked up by the Giants. Um, you know, defensive end Chad Thomas, the artist known as Major Nine, yep. uh, 
I was a little bit surprised. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the disc. disc I'm sure there's yeah, gonna be disc track to come out. And I, what I don't know, did he get picked up? I was looking. I don't know. I'm not I sure. I don't know if he has yet. We can look him up later. Uh, I mean, he did, like when he, he was forced, when he was forced into action after Miles got suspended um, for uh, beating up uh, that. Never mind. This is a famous <laughs> show. <laughs> that racist yeah. bigot, Mason yeah. Rudolph. Allegedly. Oh allegedly. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, I thought he played well once Miles went yeah. out last year for the suspension. Um, we he, had just, a, he had a few sacks in the last five or six games. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought he played pretty well. We just did a lot of work on the defensive line um, yeah. this offseason. You know, signing Adrian Claiborne yep. as well as... Um, great depth signing. Yeah, we right. yeah. And another great depth signing that we don't get to benefit from right now, unfortunately, because he opted out was Andrew Billings coming yeah. over from Cincinnati. He would have. Been, I was really excited about him right. uh, coming over. But you know, we've got a pretty strong defensive line, uh, so of course a couple guys weren't going to make it. Um, yeah, it was really. I mean, honestly, that was a thunder take right there. By the that way. was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if uh, if the mic picked up the thunder, but it's coming yeah. down over here. Uh, let's see who else. Um, I mean, I would just add that uh, Damian Radley's being released was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah. Um, the other big surprise, at least to me, was Garrett Gilbert getting released. The Browns decided to go with just two quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't like it when teams only go with two quarterbacks in general. Yeah. Um, they I brought mean, they brought him. They, he's on the practice squad, so they were able to do that. But yeah, I do. I do. It it does make you a little uneasy. Yeah. Um, when you think like. It just gives other teams the, the opportunity to maybe sign them off of there. True. Um, yeah. But, you know, hopefully hopefully it's a non-issue. Hopefully Baker yeah. stays healthy. Yeah, that'll be... Hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, we don't have to worry about a third quarterback. So no. if we have to worry about a third quarterback, the season's not going the way we want it anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, we're not Ohio State. So yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, at running back, you know, we kept Darnus Johnson and Dontrell yeah. Hilliard. Yeah. Uh, is out of there. Yep. That was maybe another little bit of a surprise. Now both have been with the team for a couple years now, and they both kind of flirted with that. Did third Hilliard get picked up? That's a good question. Let me. I can. Pull He's him not on here. our practice squad, is he? Um. Yeah. Let's see if he got picked up anywhere. Because I don't know. Because he's he's been around for a couple years. Uh, he is on. Looks like a practice squad somewhere. I'll find it. Um. But, oh, he's, but he's on. He's with us. Oh, did we? Did were we able to did sign we, him back? Did we, did we pick him up? Let's pull up. Our I know he didn't make the fifty-three because, like you said, Deanus Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, has to say that the Browns' uh, website managing team hasn't done the best right. job. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, maintaining their so, yeah, uh, here's, personnel files. Here's our practice squad at the moment: quarterback Garrett Gilbert, running back Dontrell Hilliard, running back Benny Lemay, fullback Johnny Stanton. Uh, wide receiver Jamarcus Bradley and wide receiver Taylon Taylor. Somebody, uh, somebody. Uh, it was Nick Paulus who works at ESPN Cleveland. Shout out Nick. He uh, co-hosts the Voice of the Land podcast. Um, he had a tweet that said, uh, "Our our practice squad this year could beat uh, our zero and sixteen from from three years ago." Oh, that hurts. It I think for fun. sure their kicker is better. Tony yeah. Harkey is on the Browns practice squad. Yeah, we've also so got funny. a couple. Offensive lineman, Brady Aiello, uh, Michael Dunn, linebacker, Montrell Meander, the other A.J. Green. So uh, Yeah, well, who's, the, who's the guy that we – that was an interesting cut, I actually thought, because the Browns spent 
um, for undrafted free agents. They like give gave him like the biggest signing bonus of anybody in the NFL. I was pretty surprised. Well, another cornerback, uh, Robert Jackson, then two safeties, Elijah Benton and Javante Moffitt. And I'm really not too familiar with anybody uh, on that list other than a couple that we mentioned. So yeah, I mean. We also claimed Joe Jackson, a defensive end. The Cowboys cut him, and then another defensive tackle, Vincent Taylor, uh, the Bill from the Bills. So, you know, we let uh, that was maybe another interesting aspect of the Chad Thomas piece is that we picked up another couple defensive linemen. So, they, maybe there's something scheme wise that wasn't working. Maybe he wanted out of here. I, who knows? There's a million reasons why somebody could get let go, but. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, I wouldn't say there was anything that blew me away. A couple maybe raised eyebrows after the roster came out, but nothing that was like like a bomb. Like you know, like every yeah. once in a while, like some teams like cut, like right. like Adrian Peterson got cut, yeah, and yeah. Josh Rosen got cut. Like there's there were some serious yeah. names out there, and I think that's that's another uh, that goes back to, again to what Steve said. What you know was his big worry was uh, with the with the uh, changeover once again with uh, the front office. You know, that's that's also a time, like, cut-down day is when you see, like, guys, like, either veterans with bigger contracts get cut or stuff like that. So you could have seen somebody maybe that, you know, we liked as a player here over the last three years. I don't know exactly. Like, yeah, Jarvis Landry's not going to get cut at cut-down day. But, like, somebody of that ilk who's a veteran from a previous regime who makes a lot of money, yeah. you, you're going to come in with, you know, with the proverbial axe and uh, you know, get guys out, but you know, we really didn't see that, and I think that's that's a test to uh, the talent we have on this team and how close I feel like the new front office and coaching staff feel like we are to to winning. You know, another surprise was now this has changed since then. So after cutdown day, we had five tight ends on the roster. We're actually down to four now. So one of the moves that we made saw that we um, for to make space for those two Farrell guys that Brown. we claimed off waivers. Farrell Brown got cut. But Which sucks. He's a local guy. Yeah, he went and to I, Brush High School. I liked him, and I was surprised that he made the team over. Um, he didn't make the team over Stephen Carlson. I thought, yeah. in my mind, Farrell would have made it. <coughs> so we're rocking with Harrison Bryant, Stephen Carlson, Austin Hooper, David Njoku. I mean, that's a Which strong, I, I that's wonder, a strong collection of tight ends. Yeah, I wonder if that takes Njoku off of the trade block because there were there were a lot of rumors right after final cutdown when you saw because it was weird when you saw that the Browns kept five tight ends. Right, because then you're thinking, oh, okay, they're gonna they're gonna probably trade somebody, and the rumors about Njoku have been the entire off season. From yeah. you know, is he a guy that that can fit in the Stefanski system? That to him actually demanding a trade and then rescinding that trade demand, and then you know Harrison Harrison Bryant, who I'm sure we'll get to, just blowing him away in he training camp. Balled out in camp. Yeah. He won. He won whatever the award is, and granted. Preseason awards are stupid. They don't mean anything. But he yeah. won, like, the best camp award. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that That goes, you know, that doesn't do anything for us on in terms of wins and losses, but that does a lot for Harrison as far as the coaching staff is concerned, which means more reps, which means, you know, you know play that whole thing out. He's going to see the field a lot more than we maybe thought a rookie tight end would. Sure. I mean, Hooper, we just made him the, the richest tight end. Hooper. Yeah, Hooper. Uh, he's going to play always. But Njoku's now going to fight for that second spot. And granted, Stefanski will probably run some three tight end sets, but he's going to share that number two spot yeah. uh, with Harrison for most of the year. And I would not be shocked if if he loses it to him. If he, you know, if things. Yeah, Hooper. Out. Hooper was like Miles Garrett, where he was the highest paid at his position for like 
two weeks. Yeah, for a minute. Because then George Kittle got his deal, and then after George Kittle got his deal, Travis Kelsey got his deal. Yeah. And those guys blew him out of the water with yep. their with their contract. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was interesting. It was interesting to see the cutdowns. Um, and again, you know, we're in this this weird time where. You know, these coaching staffs, especially with the bottom of the roster, when you're doing these cuts, they rely so much on game film from the preseason games when, you know, the third and fourth teams are in there. More than anything, just to see, okay, who are we going to keep that can possibly contribute for us on special teams? Because a lot of those yeah. guys at the bottom of the roster, you know, their positions are interchangeable. Like, okay, we, we kept four, five tight ends because, you know, this guy's going to be primarily on special teams for us. He's a great yeah. special teams player. Or why did the Browns keep seven wide receivers, you know, like we haven't uh, we've done in previous years? Well, it's because, you know, one of the receivers at the bottom of the roster is a really good gunner on, you know, on the punt team. And, you know, we did that. I, I think uh, Peoples-Jones, one of the advantages he had was he was so good in college as a return man. So I'm, I, I really, th- unless there's injuries in the wide receiver room, I don't think we're going to see him a lot as a wide receiver for the Browns this year. But you're going to see him punt return. You're going to see him on kick returns. You're going to see him on kick coverage, punt coverage, all that. That's where you're going to see Peoples-Jones. Yeah. And if he thrives in that role like he did in college, maybe year two, year three, he starts to move up the depth chart uh, at wide receiver. So that's that. That's where I think was their hardest evaluation process was having to evaluate the bottom of the roster, not having any preseason games. Yep. And, and, even, and even if... You have a guy who's just a great returner, but you know never really pans out at wide receiver. I mean, one of the, one of the greatest weapons the Browns ever had on special teams, Josh Cribbs. I mean, yeah. he he was a game changer in his own right for years. Think of you know, think that, of, there's so much value. Josh Cribbs might not have ever had an NFL career if it wasn't for preseason games. That yeah, you know, like we talk about as fans mm-hmm. how much we hate preseason games because. You know, it's just a month of having to be like, okay, when's the season going to start? Right. And all that. And, and the and the top NFL guys hate preseason games because it's it's four four potential games. Well, three usually because no starters play in the fourth game. But three potential games that don't mean anything to them that they could potentially get injured and, you know, lose, lose part or all their season. Right. So they hate them. But preseason games are so freaking important for coaching staffs for front offices and for these guys trying to make a name for themselves especially when you've got That's these guys I mean. coming out of college where they're changing yeah. positions sure. you know quarterback to wide receiver in Cripps cases yeah. you know like, the, like does a guy like Julian Edelman have an NFL career if, if not for he was undrafted and now, and now there's a chance that, you know, he's a fringe Hall of Fame-worthy player. Perfect example, because both Cribs and Edelman were former quarterbacks at Kent State University. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, that you can take that a step further and say, you know, we're going to get some college football here in a minute, but it's not yeah. going to be the entire, it's not going to be the entirety of the Power Five. It's, right. you know, look, think about how many, think about scouting and how that's going to go next year. The next year's oh, draft yeah. is going to be rough. I mean, GMs. Yeah already have a it's it's one of the most difficult jobs in sports I, I have to imagine but think about what that's going to look like trying to scout uh and get prepared for a draft knowing that you've got film that's over a year old on some guys and then you know maybe let's just say some leagues end up going with a, a spring football season I don't think spring football is going to happen in college but if they did that no, and then none of the top guys play now you yeah. don't have film on them but you have film on these other guys so maybe you take a risk I, I have no idea how it's going to play out 
not having that film is going to be massive for sure. for not just the current yeah. guys who are trying to make rosters, but all those college players who are hopeful to make it next year. Yeah, and that's for major conferences like the Big Ten and the Pac-12. I mean, yeah. imagine the MAC. Like you're not yeah. going to have any film on it. Some of the guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some of the goalies that aren't playing. Yeah, you'll end up having to go two years back yeah. trying to get film on guys, and by then, you know, within two years, who knows what you know what happens? You should wonder if anybody from the league like the MAC is even going to get taken in next year's draft. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Boy, well, let's just let's just hope and hope uh, next year's draft happens because it's supposed to be here. It's supposed to be here. So, to, yeah, or or it'll or it'll hall? it'll happen. Are they having it at the Hall of Fame in Canton? No, it's going to be uh, downtown here. Oh, yeah. I'll probably do some stupid crap at the Rock Hall. Can we retire the yeah. Rock Hall, please? <laughs> I'm so done with the Rock Hall yeah. thing. They're gonna have a stupid ass guitar on the logo. Of and course, I'm like, I hate it. I hate it so much. Right. Cleveland's uh, not allowed to have a non-guitar. It's uh, so dumb. Ball. I mean, look at the All Star game for the, for baseball. Ugh, you that, know, you that know, match when, was terrible. I think what is it next year? The NBA All Star game's coming back here. Yes. You know, there's going to be a guitar in that logo. Well, I mean, I have a solution. Maybe you could just move the building to Pittsburgh. Uh oh. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. He loves that. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, 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 and Jimmy hate it. I never get to play it. <laughs> Steve just wants uh, it. All right, yeah, let's not wear it out. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm already going to play it two more times. I'm just warning you guys. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Back to the roster. Oh, one thing that I was excited about. I am so excited that Richard Higgins is in a good position to be the number three wide receiver this year. Yeah, absolutely. I hate it that whatever the hell happened last year between him and Dorsey or him and Kitchens or both, he and Baker have such a good connection. He yes. was Baker's security blanket that first yes. year. Yeah. He balled out. And then just got completely shut out last year, and it, yeah. it made no sense to me. Yep. So I'm really excited about the fact he that made, he made four catch, he like four catches last year. He literally won us a game with one of the catches, so, the game yeah. against Buffalo. It's nuts. He caught the game when he touched Yeah, he's so good. He's so underappreciated. Yeah. And so I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm we, looking for him to have a have a have a big year. I feel good about our setup with with uh, OBJ and Jarvis. Obviously, the one two punch. But Rashard Higgins is a strong number three. He yeah. took less money to come back. I keep talking yeah. about this. He wanted to be here. He wanted to play with Baker. I love it. How nice is it that we have guys that want to be here? Yeah. On that note, a quick segue over to our newest safety. Uh, oh, yeah. Trashing. Not trashing, but he was just excited about the fact that he's not in Jacksonville anymore. Yeah. And when, so, was, when was the last time, like, we're, like, being Cleveland and the Browns specifically, we were on the other end of that. Somebody who comes to us saying he's so glad to be out of a city and uh, into a – I can't remember what his tweet said, but – into yeah. a situation uh, like this where everybody has one goal. Like and everyone's on the win. same page. Everybody wants yeah. to win. Running because, like, like, you look at Jacksonville, and I have it's almost like I've got PTSD. Like, I'm looking at what's going on in Jacksonville, and it's literally the Browns three years ago. Yeah. That's it, 100% what's going on. Man, how bad do you feel for Joe Schobert? Who, I mean, I don't <sighs> oh, feel too bad because oh. he just got paid, but he, yeah. just, he just went through that with the Browns. Yeah. And now he's literally doing it all over again yeah. with the Jaguars. He's the tank guy. Maybe we could trade Njoku to bring Schobert back. Well, yeah. I could live with that. Yeah. I well, they were that. talking about Miles Jack. Yeah, that was an option, too. Yeah, when I, I heard would that have we, done that yesterday if they could have made it happen. Yeah. Schobert, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good news is Mac Wilson's not as hurt as we thought. He's Thank not going to need surgery. That's a big deal. I'm high on Wilson, uh, on Mac Wilson. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think I think I, I think they're looking at him ma- missing the first couple weeks. I think the season. first month is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Somewhere like four to five ish. Yeah, uh, that's, that's probably yeah. I'm sure they'll probably uh, err on the side of caution with him. Most likely, um, it'll also depend on how how our record's looking at that point. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. we if we're 
at, like if we're on fire for four and one after five weeks, they they, yeah. they might feel comfortable. Oh. Now, <laughs> from your lips to God's ears, for man. the record, spoiler alert: we won't be. But <laughs> um, I would love them to be, but they won't be. Um, but if we or on the flip side, if we're like zero and five, and it's just like. <laughs> I do. I love that clip. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how the season starts. That might inform what we do with him. Uh, linebacker is an interesting position. You know, we've got BJ Goodson that we picked up on a one year deal. We've talked about this before, so we don't have to go too in depth. But we signed a ton of defensive players to really short term deals that could be team friendly if they play well. Um, yeah. BJ Goodson being one of them. We swapped linebackers with uh, with Green Bay. On on face value, Christian Kirksey's a better linebacker than BJ Goodson in my mind, but he's 100%. so injury prone. But we've never we haven't seen it in three years. Exactly. Yeah. And so I miss Kirksey so much. He's a great guy, yeah. he's a great community dude, he's a great locker room pro- all these things, and it still doesn't matter on Sundays because he can't play. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see if Goodson can stay healthy and just do a passable job. Mm-hmm. We signed Malcolm Smith, former Super Bowl MVP, who has not been the same ever since then. No. But I like saying the Is fact it? that we, we yeah. have a Super yeah. Bowl MVP on our right. roster right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Hopefully he'll be a good depth guy. Hopefully. Um, and and he'll be good in the locker room. So Yeah. Uh, but uh, I wanted to uh, go back to what you said about Rashard Higgins and him being a safety blanket for Baker, and I wanted to kind of segue that is this is the this is the the biggest thing about this entire season is uh, this season won't be a success unless Baker Mayfield can uh, recreate the magic from two years ago and uh, kind of take last year and just bury it. It's like Belichick burying the ball with the Patriots after they started what one in three in their first Super Bowl season. He buried the ball in the practice field and said, "We're forgetting about it. We're moving on." And hopefully Baker can do that. So I wanted to get your guys' take on what you guys think of Baker this year. What do you think? Is he going to bounce back? Is he going to? I've, I've been, I've been saying, I've been tweeting. I've, this year's mantra is bounce back Baker. It's the triple B's, not big baller brand, but it's bounce back Baker. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll give, my, I'll give my thoughts. But uh, I wanted to see what you guys uh, thought on what we're going to see from uh, six this year. You know. I honestly think Baker is just going to be more sensible this year. I think there were a lot of situations last year where um, either the defense or you know stuff happened in the game, and we were just put in situations we shouldn't have been in. You know, losing particularly. I remember a few games where we were down in the fourth quarter, and he would end up throwing two or three picks because he was trying to make the spectacular play to, to bring sure. us back. So I I think. Part of that was because he was throwing the ball so freaking I mean, much. I mean, look no I mean, further than the first week last year where he threw three picks in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, how? Tennessee. That, people forget, that was a 15-13 Browns lead going into the fourth quarter against Tennessee last year. We ended up losing like 41 to like 19 yeah. or something. Like It was terrible. Dan, how many games did we do podcasts last year and you said Nick Chubb didn't get enough carries? Oh, God. <laughs> the Browns are going to have a much... Yeah, the Browns are going to have a much bigger emphasis on running the football this year, I feel. Baker's not going to have to do as much. He's not going to make nearly as many mistakes. And you know, this was this was very uh, prophetic from uh, Baker. This was actually in 2018, and I just played it. But uh, this is Baker Mayfield talking about Freddie Kitchens. God, an idiot. <laughs> I mean, he was saying it in a joking manner there, but yeah. How many times did I did I say that Nick Chubb didn't get enough carries? Uh, I, how almost many how many podcasts? Did almost we do? every friggin' game. Oh god. Yeah. So it, it is as simple as that, and I, I do think that the Browns are going to be really really good this year. Mm. It's actually going to be more because the defense is really good. 
than anything they do on offense. They'll, okay. they'll just yeah. they'll be in more games where the score is lower. They'll be running sure. the ball more often than they'll be passing it, or at least even. Sure. And it'll take the pressure off the Baker. Baker, he's going to do fine. Uh, yeah, I think what we're going to do is, and I don't mean this as an insult to Baker, because I think what Stefanski is going to want to do with his offense is going to kind of dummy-proof it, and we're going to go back sure. to a lot of those two tight end sets, a lot more emphasis on the run, like you're saying. I think what we're going to do is, I don't want Baker to lose his edge. I still like that he's got, like, a little bit of an attitude and he's got a little bit of that gunslinger mentality you know everyone yeah. always goes back to the Brett Favre comparison okay right. whether you like it or not I don't care the point is I like that he's got a little bit of an attitude and some chip on his shoulder you yeah. can have that I just want him to see a little bit more responsible and reel it in when when he's playing the game ha- know when you can really when you have to really kind of like air it out there or know when you need to really be a little bit more reasonable. Do you feel like you need to say something right yeah. now? Yeah. I don't know if I can say it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, something you, that can, they can, that can you allude to it? Well, I mean, it's, it sounds like gong, and it's a name okay. that... Uh, oh. Dong? Yeah. Uh, you can say that. Uh, okay, yeah, they call Brett Favre the, the old, old dong slinger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that is well documented. Yeah. And fantastic, by the way. It might be the yeah. greatest nickname of all time. <laughs> yeah. So... I think <laughs> my expectation for Baker is going to be somewhere in between first-round draft pick and whatever last year was. I think yeah. he will look better. I don't know if he's going to be what we had hoped or what you know what yeah. you want out of the number one draft pick. I, right. At least not yet, because he's still going to be kind of operating within, like, again... The, this sounds so like I don't mean to sound um, condescending, but like training wheels of sorts. Again, a lot yeah. of two tight end sets, running the ball as much sure. as possible. I mean, we've got one of the best backfields in football, if not the best. It's got to be the best. It, 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 it's no, no, no team has two running backs like like we do. It's, it's crazy, and so the fact that like again, it was criminal the fact that we didn't run as like at all, almost at all, seemingly at all. I didn't feel like it, and Nick Chubb still almost led the league in rushing. I mean, he was still up there. Yards yeah. after contact is off the charts. Kareem Hunt is a fantastic change of pace back and can catch out of the backfield. I mean, yeah. the potential for what we can do with our backfield and tight ends alone is stupid. And right. then, oh, by the way, we've got Jarvis Landry and Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. Yeah. Like, we, again, the, the talent has never been an issue, at least the past two or three years. And it won't be an offense. issue this year. Yeah. The defense is going to be a question mark. You know, can Garrett stay healthy and can Garrett stay yeah. unsuspended? I think that that won't be an issue this year. I, I'm, I feel good about it. Uh, we've done some tinkering with a bunch of those one-year you know deals yeah some of those are going to pay off and some of them won't just yep. a matter of time another aspect of this whole thing that we want to take a look at who's going to get hurt because at the end of the day with your sure. preseason their bodies you can get you can get you can think you get prepared in camp all you want yeah there's nothing like the live action and the real hits yep. we're going to see a ton of soft tissue injuries yep. we're going to see a lot of big name players going down fast that could radically change you know we talk about and we'll get into this a little further talk about you know like who's going to win each division and what you know, what the, the schedule game looks like, all that jazz. Look, it, it could be flipped on its head with a you know Lamar Jackson oh, right. goes down. Yeah, uh, who knows? I you know I mean they they Big might Ben be, gets hurt again. Yeah, they might be fine. Maybe yeah. they're not. And there's no more duck. There's no more uh, backup duck. I, I still can't believe you lost to a quarterback named Duck. I know I can't believe that they kept they, they, they kept Mason Rudolph over Duck. Ugh, yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, I'm not even trying to be uh, right. You know. 
defense can, is good enough, they can win a game by themselves. Who, who, yeah. who does who does uh, Mason Rudolph have nude pictures of in in uh, in the yeah. coaching staff? <laughs> he, he's got dirt on job. somebody. He does. He's like, got. It's got to be one of the Rooney's or Mike Tomlin. <laughs> it has to be Mike Tomlin because the fact the Mike Nobody Tomlin. Mike, Mike Tom, I've enough. never heard. I've never heard a head coach defend a backup quarterback as much as Mike Tomlin's defended Mason Rudolph. I don't get it. It'd be one thing if he was like great. Like Ben Roethlisberger, when Ben Roethlisberger got accused of rape, you know, back way back when, you know, he's a Hall of Fame level talent. So, if it turns out if, if he can fix his if he can fix his off the field stuff, we'll figure it out and we'll still. But but Mason Rudolph, seriously, I don't know. I don't understand. Like that's what I'm saying. He's got to have pictures of somebody on his computer or something. He's got or something. He has to have something incriminating on something in the Steelers' hierarchy for him to be able to keep his job. Because, number one, I'll, I will go to my grave to this. He said what Miles Garrett said he said. Mm-hmm. I, that that was weird. I don't know if that made sense, but I just... No, I made perfect I sense. Him. I mean, Miles, Miles Garrett is not the person who just, you know, randomly goes and swinging a helmet at somebody if, right. they, if he didn't say what he right. said. He's, Miles Garrett is not going to do something like that unprovoked. Yeah. So, but whatever. Yeah, that's we digress. Yeah we, yeah, we tackled that last year. Um, yeah, I think for me, and uh, I wanted to touch on this, which you said with with Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, I'm hard-pressed to think of the last time uh, the same team had a guy that has led the league in rushing and another guy who came within 30 yards of leading the league in rushing Within the last three years, within three years of each other, on the same team, and both guys are like under the age of twenty six. Mm-hmm. It'd be one thing to for us to like have Nick Chubb and then sign Adrian Peterson. Be like Adrian Peterson's like thirty four years old. Like yeah, he led the league in rushing like ten years ago. But no, like these guys and with Kareem Hunt, it's can he stay clean, you know stay uh, out of trouble off the field. But assuming that happens. Uh, the Browns have two of the top five running backs in the NFL on the, on the same team, my opinion. And for the record, I think exactly what Mason Rudolph said to Miles Garrett, I do think that the people in that hotel said the same thing to Kareem Hunt. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure that too. I'm but, convinced of that. But there's a difference between hitting another man on a football field and kicking a woman. But I'll never again, remember. I'll, we digress on yeah. that. But but yeah, um, so get, I mean, getting back to the whole Baker discussion, I it's no secret I'm big Baker. I don't know if I would call it honk, but or <laughs> Baker backer, yeah, Fanboy. Baker backer, yeah. It's bounce back Baker season. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think he's gonna do. Coaching does wonders for players because, especially a young guy, like. The first thing that Alex Van Pelt said when he was hired as offensive coordinator and was introduced to the media was, we have to fix Baker's footwork. And if you go back to last year, how many interceptions did Baker throw where he airmailed the pass over the receiver? Oh, plenty of times. That's literally uh, derived from the footwork that you have when you're throwing a pass. One of the worst plays that happened all last year was one of those plays where he had really bad footwork. He, He basically threw a hospital pass to... David Njoku, and yeah. he got flipped on his head and right. basically ruined his season. Right, yeah. 
And so, so you look at something like that. So if, Baker's able, if they're able to coach Baker up and fix his footwork, um, he's going to be that much more accurate. Because one of the things that Baker was known for coming into the league was being an accurate passer. And in his, first, in his rookie season, he completed 65% of his passes. Last year, it was like 58%. Yeah. It fell. Um, and a lot of that has to do with uh, coaching, the offense they were running, and Baker's lack of mechanics in his throwing motion. Um the coaching, the coaching thing, I just, I don't know how you can see a player and know what he's good at and then just not do it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want, and, and, you know, Freddie Kitchens was calling those plays in, in his rookie year, in the second half of the season, when Baker, uh, uh, when Baker came on in the second half and, uh, you know, had that great run in the second half of 2018. And then everything changed, even though it was the same coach calling the same, call, same guy calling the plays and all that. Um, you know, they were more rather than play action. They were more down the field, trying to throw bombs to OBJ, trying to force the ball to him. And I think you're going to see with Stefanski, who's running the Shanahan Gary Kubiak style wide zone running scheme, play action, uh, bootleg play action uh, scheme that that's been working so well. Is uh, you're going to see Baker get back to that. Um, Baker's best when he's on the move. He's not in the pocket. You know, he's not a six-five quarterback who can stand back there and just, you know, fire off rockets from inside the pocket. He's just not that guy. So what you got to do? You have to get to his strengths. So play actions, moving the pocket, have him, uh, you know, roll out like all that stuff. And I think we're going to see that. So is is Baker Mayfield ever going to be Patrick Mahomes? No, he's just not physically gifted enough to be that even though he was the number one pick. I still think he can he can validate the, being the number one pick. Um, and a lot of that's going to have to do with what's around him and the coaching and all that. But I think uh, I think Baker's going to be more focused. You know, he, he did, he's not coming off an offseason like last year where he was people were just, you know, blowing smoke up his ass. You know, he's he had to, he had to take a lot of humble pie this offseason. Yeah. And he's the kind of guy, like we talked about earlier, him being like a Brett Favre, who is motivated by that. And he's very fiery. And I think he's going to have, a, like I said, bounce back Baker. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. And, if, and it, you know, it's, it's the name of the game in the NFL. You're going to go how your quarterback takes you. So if, if Baker can bounce back, I think the Browns have a really good chance of being successful and hopefully making the playoffs. But it'll be tough. I think that uh, again, all of the tools are around him at this point. Right. You know what I mean? We, he's got all of the weapons at his disposal. There's there's no excuse. And we, yeah, exactly. If he struggles this year, that's, we got to take a real long hard look. At well, and that's what's going to be. And I, you can already hear the national media going nuts. Let's just assume, like, if we just say things are going poorly, record stinks. Baker's still throwing a lot of picks. It's not working. Yeah. Year three for a quarterback, especially a number one draft pick. Yeah, we're talking about that off season. Okay, he's in year four. Are we going to pick up the fifth year option? Or are mm-hmm. we not? You're going to hear a ton of talk about that. You start to get into like that Jameis and Mariota, like exactly where where exactly. both of those guys, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, similar. It's like what are well, we? Shout out, shout out, Mitch won the Bears starting job with oh Nick God. Foles. They paid him. They paid Nick Foles. It's crazy. Yeah, Chicago, I tell you what, I you know. Everyone's a franchise that hasn't had it. Like we we com- we complain about not having a quarterback. The the Bears haven't had a good quarterback since Jim McMahon. 
Yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler was okay for a couple years, but he's Jay Cutler. Yeah. You don't like Rex Grossman? Also a Brown for a minute. By the way. We talked about that. We talked about that literally, yeah, yeah, literally a minute. Yeah, um, but yeah. At any rate, you know, we're going to hear a lot about Baker uh, this year. It's either going to be, and this is what. And don't get me wrong. You know, the, the national media, sports media, will go crazy either direction. Mm-hmm. If he has three nice games to start the season, it's boom, Baker's back, Super Bowl or bust, blah yep. blah blah. Which I think is is we need to rein that in. Yeah. And if he has three bad games, it's going to be bench him for Case Keenum, and they're not going to pick up the option, and he was a bust of a pick. And that's also stupid. We need yep. to find some sensible you know, middle ground and say, hey, he's had a lot of regime change around him in a very short period of time. And we talk about that um, with Colin Sexton and the Cats. Like, think about how many head coaches and, and GMs he's had in, just, in his extremely short career. Both of those guys. It's, I mean, it's yeah. very similar for Baker. And yeah. so I... I I would like to pump the brakes and give him a real shot with a head coach. I would love to see what the next two years look like with a regime that doesn't have radical turnover mm-hmm. and all of these weapons. Now, granted, year to year, you're going to lose somebody. We may lose Kareem Hunt. We may lose a piece here or there. Tight ends might change. That's okay as long as you keep the nucleus intact. Yeah. So, you know, I think it will be because last year was such a, a, a letdown in terms of expectations. I could see him bouncing back. I don't know to what extent, but I'm sure as hell excited to find out. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, and I, I just I get so angry and, like, upset when I when I actually think about this. Baker's entering his third year, which means he's played two full seasons in the NFL. He's going on his fourth head coach, his f- third offensive coordinator, his fourth offense, mm-hmm. because Freddie Kitchens was offensive play caller two years, but two different offenses. Like, the year Freddie became a head coach, he, they changed the offense. And it was Todd Haley's before that, right. technically. For and that third offensive season. coordinator. Yeah. So he's played two. How many quarterbacks? How many quarterbacks do you can you say would be successful if they changed offenses, head coaches, and offensive coordinators that many times in two two full seasons? You'd have to have like a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, right? But but even that, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like we talk. Like obviously, I'm not trying to compare the two. Patrick Mahomes is on a, in another stratosphere. But he walked into a situation where Andy Reid was his head coach, his his offensive coordinator, and it's stayed that way his first three years. Yeah, and he got to sit for a little while behind behind Alex Smith, who's a very strong quarterback. Yeah, you know, it's I'm a big proponent of try to not start your rookie quarterback if you can avoid it. Like, right. I I didn't want like when Tyrod got hurt, we had no choice. I get it. Yeah. I I really didn't want Baker to play that first year. Now, luckily, he he went bananas, and it was fun to watch. But I was big on don't let him touch the ball for a year. You are a professional clipboard holder for your first year. Learn everything you can. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so you you got to be on board with the Dolphins announcing that Fitzpatrick is yeah going to be their starting quarterback, Mm -hmm. and Tua is going to be yeah. uh, Learning from the bench this year, I would be yeah in favor of that. Now I think yeah. they're eventually they'll hit the panic oh, button sure. mid season and they'll they'll sure. change it. Good for Fitzpatrick, by the but way. But I, I do think, and this is an interesting sidebar. I do think that uh, it's going to be a little bit easier to resist that temptation because there's not going to be fans in the stands. There's not going to be fans chanting for or every time every time a starter that's you know struggling and you have a young backup. Every time the starter throws an incompletion, there's not going to be booing on the you know in the stadium. There's not going to be as much. There will be because fans still talk on social media, call into radio shows, do all that. But there's not going to be that public pressure like there was in years past. That's a good point. So I wonder if that's. I wonder if you'll see, um, you know, if guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick are struggling and, you know, if they, 
resist that temptation. You know, who knows? I don't know. I, but. I think you guys hit on the, the key point. It really it is league-wide. Yeah. Uh, the teams that have less turnover in the ownership, that less turnover in head coach, <coughs> offensive coordinator, those are usually the teams like the Ravens, the Steelers, the Packers. Uh, you know, these are teams that have only changed head coaches maybe once in the last decade, maybe mm-hmm. not even at all in some cases. Yeah, and usually if their coordinators are moving off, it's because they're moving up to being head coach somewhere right, else. Right. Yeah. And I, New England. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it really is that simple. And a lot of tracing to what the Browns have done wrong in the last two decades has been just because of that. We just keep changing coaches constantly. But yeah. granted, don't don't get me wrong. Getting rid of Freddie Kitchens was an absolute must. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good move. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, end the show, and this is gonna take. You know, because we're going to go through every game. Um, we're going to end the show with the schedule game. Was there anything that we missed that we wanted to discuss before we kind of? Because once we get rolling with the schedule game, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the big thing that we're looking at is. I mean, are we looking for OBJ to have a big bounce back year this year? I mean, I would say so because yeah. he was playing hurt for much of last year. Yeah, I mean, I, imagine playing an entire football season with a sports hernia. I and that's just so difficult. And the I mean, amount, and, and the amount. Jump, like I, running, I give, jumping I give him a lot of credit. I know he's a prima donna NFL wide receiver, but for him to not let on the entire until the end of the year when we found out, but for him to not let on that he's playing with a sports hernia and take as much crap as he did in the media, uh, for him not having a spectacular season when the guy still uh, had a thousand yards receiving. I know that's not what we thought for like yeah. you know we traded for OBJ and Baker set the touchdown record as a rookie and you know we're expecting to go 12 and 4 and win the division and you know we ended up not we went 6 and 10 and he barely got to a thousand yards but man to to go through that season knowing he has a sports hernia knowing that's why he's not able to do the things that he's accustomed to doing on the field physically and to take the beating that he did in the media I give that guy a ton of credit man it really says a lot about his character Honestly, yeah. because he could have at any time, he could have just said, you know, you, you have any idea what I'm dealing with here? You know, yeah. I, I can barely get out of bed in the morning. I'm in yeah. so much pain. I mean, he, like, he, he, could, he could have gone to that card at any time. Yeah, he could have. And he, he never did. That he excuse, never excuses, and it would have been legitimate. He, yeah, right. He, he, just, he has such high standards for himself that he just never let Yeah, like, I mean, you had, you had people in the media, especially local, that were saying, like, at the trade deadline last year, because he, he didn't have a good, like, first six weeks, like, oh, are we going to, should we trade OBJ? Like, it's not working with him and Baker, and... There's not enough balls to go around with him, Jarvis, and Nick Chubb, and all that. But that guy, I mean, just put his head down and played. Yeah, he didn't have a great season, but you try playing through a sports hernia. The funny thing is, if, if we did trade him, he probably wouldn't have passed the physical. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. I'm, you know, looking at a couple of the offensive skill players that we've got. There's a lot of fantasy value out there in Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt will be a nice backup for somebody, you yeah. know, to in, in case Chubb gets hurt or um, as that change of pace back, you can maybe catch a couple out of the backfield if you're in a PPR league. Uh, Landry's a big-time target if you're in a PPR league. Uh, my, my league is not, and I hate it. I wish it was. It drives me nuts. Um, I do think that OBJ has a better – and I, he didn't even have a like, – if you look at his stats compared to any other receiver, yeah, he had he didn't have a bad year. He just no. didn't have his type of year. And I right. understand – he had, like, like career lows in almost every major category. And I sure. get that. that. That sucks. But, again, given the dysfunction with the organization and given his injuries those year, that year, you know, hindsight's always going to be 20-20, but 
he did a hell of a job given yeah. the circumstances. So I think that by default he has a better season for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I think what we need to look look towards is you know where did our coach come from? He came from Minnesota. So I I see OBJ taking that Stefan Diggs role, which is taking the top off the defense. I see Jarvis taking that Adam Thielen role, which is the you know possession guy, working over the middle, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Austin Hooper taking the Kyle Rudolph role, and then you got Nick Chubb as Dalvin Cook, and then we have the luxury of having Kareem Hunt on top of that. Um, so I, you know, I'm really excited. I think I think everybody's, I think that the, um, it's going to be an equal opportunity employer this offense. I think everybody's going to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. It, granted, as long as we stay healthy, and you know we had we we didn't talk on it, and you know we're, we're not going to cover everything, but because I'm sure we'll get into this when we do our post game shows, but um, you know the the, cons- the only concern I have on offense is J C Treader being out because now we're starting two rookies on our offensive line week one going into Baltimore. Do we know how long he's down for? By the way, they haven't officially said, okay. but I would imagine That's a big concern. Yeah, I would imagine. So we're starting Nick Harris, who we drafted, I think, in the fourth or the fifth round out of uh, was it Washington, I think. I believe so, yeah. And then, you know, the big the big man at left tackle that we took 10th overall. Um, Jed, Jed Wills. So two um, rookies starting on the offensive line. That's a concern. But they're talented rookies, and from everything everybody said, Nick Harris has done a hell of a job in the training camp. Uh, so... Uh, and he ran this style offense in college, so you know he's he's hip to the the, the wide zone uh, scheme. So fingers crossed that that works out because a bad offensive line mm-hmm. is something that could derail a season before it even gets started. Um, so anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's end the show. Uh, have a little fun. Hopefully, have a little fun. Yeah, we don't know. And what uh, let's do the uh, LTL Brown schedule game. So. Uh, anybody have the schedule pulled up? I do. Yep. Okay. Week one at Baltimore. Oh boy. Now remember, we did go into Baltimore and smack them around last year. We did. It was the which high I don't point know if it, the high point that, of the that, entire season. Is that a good or a bad thing though? Yeah, I mean, it has no relation on this year's game. No. Yeah. Okay. In my opinion. All right. Yeah, we're we're gonna lose. That's that's we're gonna start on one. Uh, Baltimore. Um, you know, I think highly debated. Some people already have them penciled into the Super Bowl. Other people are saying pump the brakes. Depends on how you feel about Lamar Jackson. Regardless, uh, at Baltimore, always a tough place for us to play. Yep. That Still. offense is going to be scary. I like that our defense has improved, but I have a bad feeling that Jackson, I think he's a better thrower than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. And so because we have to respect his legs so much, we're going to have to play that way. And then he's going to carve up that middle of the field that we're worried about. The safety yeah. uh, and linebacker situation has me stressed, mm-hmm. and I see him just twelve yard passes, chunk you know chunk after chunk through the middle of the field, and then scampering for thirty when the play breaks down. I just see it happening all day long, and we lose. The way you beat the Ravens is to start fast and play with a lead into the second half, forcing yep. them to throw the ball. I I don't see the Browns being able to do that in Week One. I say they get beat. When was the last time the Browns won an opener? There's that too. Honestly, no idea. Was it was it 2004 Ravens, which is against the Ravens? Yeah. Um, Flash flood warning in effect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, my my backyard floods anyway, so great. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, 
That's that's that that's my thing. I, I'm not going to pick the Browns and win an opener until they prove to me they can do it. I don't care who the opponent is. And I was stupid enough because you know we all fell for the hype last year to say, oh well, the Titans aren't very good. Well, they went to the AFC Championship game last year. Even I thought, thought they were going to win the opener. And they and I never banged they were us win week one. Yeah. So for that reason alone, because I refuse to give the Baltimore Ravens any credit apps at all, um, the Browns are going to lose. So wow, we all have them. 0-1. Oh, one. Oh, one. Mm-hmm. Here we go, guys. But the good news is, yeah. even even though, so then they'll be playing Thursday night, short week, which sucks, uh, but it'll be against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and it will be at home. So I feel good about the fact that we're going to even it up. We'll be 1-1. One one. Uh, Joe Burrow, big fan of the guy. Good dude. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still just think that we're going to take advantage of that. I think that the Bengals do like to play us hard, um, but if we can't beat Cincinnati, then... Yeah. We're in trouble. Then everything we've said, spent the past, I don't know, hour and a half talking about is yeah. out the window. It doesn't matter. So yeah. I say we're one and one at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not good. It, it's not good in any year you start 0-2. When you start 0-2 with two divisional losses, that's particularly bad. That's tough. That is particularly bad. I mean, that's tough. One one against one against a team that I'm, everybody know everybody says and knows that you're better than. Like it'd be one thing if we started with Baltimore and that other team <laughs> but uh but with the Bengals in that we got to beat the Bengals at home and Baker's three and one so far against against the Bengals so um most Thursday night games end up being blowouts more yeah. likely than not I say Joe Burrow is gonna have some good days in this league this isn't gonna be one of them Brown's big yeah so I think we're I think we're all on the same page one and one so far through two weeks and I think we're gonna continue to be on the same page uh, I don't want to go ahead of myself but week three uh, we host the Washington football team. That's still so weird. Like, why couldn't they call it Washington Football Club? I like club a lot better. Yeah, I'm Washington hard, Football Team. I think it just sounds too European for the average uh, American sports fan, That's which true. I think is stupid because I think football club yeah. sounds so much nicer. Yeah. But it's uh, not like DC is in the multinational right international <laughs> exactly. I mean, do we have to spend much time on this one? Yeah, I think, no. you know, Dwayne Haskins uh, returns to Ohio. Yeah. Love to see you. Uh, sorry that you're going to Chase lose. Young, too. Chase Young as well. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to beat them. Uh, it'll be fun to watch a game. Yeah, they stink. Chase Young and uh, and Miles Garrett. You know. We talked about this last night because uh, you were doing a fantasy football draft mm-hmm. uh, while we were uh, all hanging out. And you were talking about maybe drafting Terry McLaurin. And uh, we were like... Well, yeah, because he's going to get all their catches. Because can you name one of the any of their other receivers? And none of us could name one of them. I could no. not. Yeah, that'll be the days of uh, Pierre Garcon and uh, Santana Moss. Uh, yeah, wow. And Deshaun Jackson. Those are long gone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, two and one at this point, and then we will be heading down to Texas playing the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I think there might be a little bit of a difference. Of this is our this first one. true swing game. Yeah. I yeah. feel like. Yeah. And I almost always err on the side of losing because it's what I've grown up around um, and that's what history says mm-hmm. so I think I'm I think I'm a little bit higher on Dak Prescott than a lot of folks are mm-hmm. um, I think he's a really solid quarterback not as high as somebody is on him though correct I'm not that high on him <laughs> uh, I think that we lose this game if this was a, you know kind of like what you were saying being in a swing game if we were playing this game at home mm-hmm. you know maybe a different story but playing down in Jerry World I see us losing this game we're back to 500 now, here's the kicker for me. Dallas usually plays better on the road than they do at home. Well, that, um, you know, I'm, that's a fair th- point. You know, last night I wasn't too optimistic about this game, but, you know, the more I think about it, just, you know, yes, Dallas has a good offense. Their defense isn't very good. 
I feel like this is a game where the Browns really could control the clock and, and just have mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a really good game on the ground. And, yeah, it's going to be one of those games where it could be whoever just, you know, takes care of the ball ends up winning the game. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say the Browns pull this one out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it the 3-1. and one. So I was, I was looking at this uh, early this morning, the schedule, and uh, I was starting to go down, to go down games, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. I'm going to be one of these guys. I am, and this is a little bit looking, looking further. I'm just tr- I'm coming back to this game. The Browns' schedule is not very hard. It isn't. It's not. We don't play any, like... There's no ringers in the NFC East or the AFC South. Outside, outside of Baltimore, I don't think the Browns play a team that I would legitimately say that is 100% better than the Browns. Not even I really good. don't. Mm. I think I think there's a lot of swing games. Not even the Steelers? Yeah. I no, think. I think the Steelers, like, I, 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 I don't know. Like, we'll get into it when we play them because, no. I, you know, we talk about Big Ben being back, but Big Ben is 36, 37 years old, coming off a major elbow surgery. Mm. Like, it's not just, you can't just think that he's just going to come back and throw 35 touchdowns. I know, but I, and I said this last night. They were eight and eight last year with like one of us as their quarterback. Right. I mean, they really had That's terrible I mean. offensive production. That's what I mean. And if they he, were five hundred. Right. If he goes down again, we, Mason Rudolph. They cut Duck Hodges. I think yeah. they kept Josh Dobbs. They really brought of, him back. They brought him back. Yeah. But Josh Dobbs, like really? Yeah. Are we skipping down two weeks? Okay. Yeah, we are. No, yeah, we, we got off track. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, how, you, you feel good about us winning in Dallas? See, I do, but I, but I, in my own <laughs> weird, in my own weird, twisted Browns fan thinking. Like because I'm looking farther, I'm like, this has got to be a loss, or I'm gonna have the Browns going like thirteen and three, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, so I, I just get that. I do that too. Sometimes. I think I I I I'll say this. This guy considered a week. To I'll say this, and this is where this is where apparently I got in trouble with Jordan because he is convinced that I picked the Trailblazers to beat the Lakers. <laughs> I think the Browns can win this game, but I'm gonna pick them to lose. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so, so two losses and a victory. On the so Steve's got the Browns at three and one. We both have them at two and two. We're at two and two. And then we're home. Indy. Yep. Home against Pete Ribs and the Colts. I don't know much about their defense off the top of my head, uh, but I am always uh, weary of Phillip Rivers because he's 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 one of those Jekyll and Hyde guys. Yeah. He could he could lay an egg on you, something fierce, or he could also throw for four hundred yards and four right. touchdowns. Uh I, I think Indy's a better team than they get credit for. I think that I've got us losing this game. And I hate saying that because we're at home. Yep. And kind of doing what you were saying, like looking at the rest of the schedule and my predictions for the rest of the, the season, yeah. I, I'm, I'm nervous about that putting us in, in a bad place. But I think that we right. blow this game. The Browns don't have a good history against Indianapolis. Um, I, I've always thought Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. Uh, I think that Indianapolis is a little bit underrated. The thing with Indianapolis is, is they have wildly different performances from week to week. Some weeks they look like world beaters, and some weeks they look like they couldn't even beat the worst team in the league. I think this is a letdown game for the Browns. I say they lose this one. See, I, I look at this game, and I, I don't really think there's any way the Browns could lose this game. Mm-hmm. Given, given the way the teams are, are stacked right now. You know, week five into the season, it could look... You know, with injuries and stuff, could look a little different. I think Philip Rivers is shot. I think he's done. Mm. He was so bad last year with San Diego, um, and I just think his he never had a strong arm to begin with. He always shot put at the ball, 
but he's Duck City, man. And Duck Hodges is named Duck, but <laughs> Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers is pet. And and this is this pains me so much because I love Philip Rivers. I've loved like ever since he came into the league, but he's done, man. He's like he's another guy. He's like 37, 38. He's got nothing left in the shoulder and the arm. I just don't think he's got it any. And plus, he's changing teams. It's like he's not he's not with the Chargers anymore. Um, he's going to a team with a new offense. You know, maybe 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 it's it it's a resurgent Philip Rivers for that for that fact. He's in a new situation. Um, you know, hope springs eternal when you go to a new situation. Maybe I don't know. I just think he physically. I think he's done. Mm-hmm. Right. So he could you know he could be upbeat and he could you know give all the yeehaws and the and the gosh darns <laughs> and the and the dag nabbits that he does on the field. But uh, yeah. I think he's done. So I have the Browns winning. All right. So I think we're all. No, you're two and three. I'm three, three and two. By the way, quick sidebar here. Tickets. Uh, according to the ESPN page for most of these games are somewhere between forty and eighty dollars. For the Dallas game, it shows seven hundred and ninety-four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. So. Okay, um, so week six at Pittsburgh. Uh oh. Here we go. The Loss. House of Horrors. Forget yeah. it. Not even talking more about it. Loss. Yeah, we're, we're gonna lose. Uh, you're uh, starting two and four. I have us two and four, which wow. is uh, a concern. So I. I think that Big Ben has a very good bounce-back season, which I hate. And if they even had a halfway competent offense last year, they'd have been challenging the Ravens for the division and would have been making a serious playoff splash. I think they get back to that. You're right. If he goes down, their backup quarterback situation is not good. They, they might be right back where they're at next year, or where they yeah. were last year, I should say. Um, but I think this early in the season, he's still upright, and because we're playing in Pittsburgh, we lose. So yeah. I, I have us two and four. Steve, you already said loss. Yeah, I got yeah, three I, and three right now. Uh, this is this is another one of those like I I picked the uh, opener said because the Browns haven't won. When was the last time the Browns won in Pittsburgh? Was it two thousand three? Exactly. Yeah. Said, <laughs> so the opener is two thousand four. Like we have to realize that this is twenty twenty. Like this this is 15, 16, 17 straight years that this has happened. Um, so yeah, until the Browns prove to me that they can win in that. Piss fest of a uh, stadium down in uh, Pittsburgh, PA. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, I'm going to pick the the Browns to lose that game. So uh, three and three, three and three, and two and four. Yep. Here is the interesting part of the schedule because I think the Browns could go on a little bit of a run here. Mm-hmm. Um, we start at week seven at the Bengals. I think we're good there. I have us getting back on track. I think we take care of Cincinnati, <laughs> even in Cincinnati. So I'm back on the board with a win finally. So I got us now at three and four. Yeah, I just don't think that. I mean, I I, th- I think Joe Burrow has a chance to be really good. I just don't think the team around him is any good. So, you know, I'm not gonna really. I I don't I don't know if I can pick them the Bengals to win any game. So, I I have the Browns winning there as well. Yeah, no no surprises here. Uh, the Bengals are bad. They're you know, usually the Browns have success down there. I mean, last year notwithstanding. So I, I say the Browns win that one. Okay, week eight, the Las Vegas Raiders come to town. That was kind of weird saying Las Vegas Raiders. I know it is strange. It's, I'm, I'm looking at it; it just looks yeah, silly. Yeah. So um, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't yeah. get to go down to. Uh, we don't get to go down to the Death Stars. They're calling the the new Raiders Stadium in Vegas. Mm-hmm. But uh, they come to Cleveland first of November, week eight. How do we see this one going? 
This is a tough. This is another game. one that's a little bit swingish. Um, I, I mean, Oakland's just they're kind of like Indianapolis. They're, oh, you they're said Oakland. That, um, yeah, Whoops, Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. This is one of those games that I feel like the Browns, if they play their game, and don't do dumb stuff like turn the ball over, they should win this game. And I'm gonna say they will. So I'm going victory there. Yeah, I I think this is a tough one, uh, but I think that we pull it out. I think being at home changes this one. Um, I could see us taking a win at this game, which thankfully for me has us back to 500 going into the bye week, which if we're not at, at least at four, uh, 500 and yeah. we're not at least at 4-4 four and four going into the bye, which by the way, I love it, a week nine bye week. Yeah. I, I feel like it's been a couple of years since we've had a good, like a well-timed bye week. Week nine bye week, and if you notice, it's sandwiched between three home games. So the Browns are going to spend a month straight in Cleveland right? in which the middle of the season. is interesting because that's nice, and that hopefully you know leads to us winning all of those games. But sure. it's also uh, a little bit nerve-wracking because we go on a tear where the last uh, six weeks of the season we're on the road for all the two. Right. And actually, consider this. Before the Browns game at Jacksonville on November 29th, they will not have to travel outside AFC North territory at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're not going very far. That's true. That is true. That not only helps from a, a psychological standpoint, but in in a time of a pandemic, that might actually be a big advantage. Sure. The fact that you're not taking those long trips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have this. Uh, so the Browns have a game every year where they slip up. Yeah. And they just play like even even if it's a game that they're they're necessarily not supposed to win, they just play like crap. I think this is the week. I think mm. they're they see that they're home for the next month and they're going into a bye week. I think that they slip up and they're not as concentrated as they should be um, on this week. And I think we lose to the Raiders. So um, I have them at four and four at the break. You have them at five and three, five and three four and four. Yep. Is that game at one o'clock? That is a one o'clock kick. Yep. Yeah, I don't like West Coast teams playing at ten. That's that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good read on your part there. All right, so the bye week. Um, in, in previous in previous years, we've actually lost to the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> Believe so, it or not. So I think we all. Year, I think this year. Yeah. Best example of all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I have uh, I have the Browns winning the bye week. There you go. So still four and four. <laughs> And then we have a very fun game coming up. Oh week yeah, 10. there will be wagers being there made. There will this be game. so much. This is the LOTL bowl. Yeah. Houston, the Houston Texans. Texans come to town. Yep. So I'm gonna be very conflicted because Deshaun Watson is my fantasy quarterback. There I may have go. I may have to start my other quarterback that week because I don't know if I'll be able to root for him at the same time he's playing the Browns. That might hurt too bad. Um I don't know how you guys feel about this. Houston is I can't figure out Bill O'Brien, man. Like I just nobody can. He ask Jordan that he, question. Oh my gosh, he. The, Houston should be so good, and part of me yep. wants to say that we're going to lose this game. I don't know what to make of it. I really like yeah. this is this is probably the game that has stumped me the most. The more every single time I sit down and look at the schedule, this game and Tennessee are probably the two that I get most stumped on. Yeah. Um, I, I think that if, if you made me, made me, made me pick. We pull it out, but only because we're at home. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm I'm very tentatively towing the line, but I'm I'm going to say win. Also, because I want to be Jordan. <laughs> Steve, this is one of those games where you look at Houston, you look at their quarterback, you look at their receivers. Uh, they they seem like a team that's pretty similar in construct to the Browns. Um, 
Yeah, but I think the, where the Browns are, are better is in the running backs. I feel like they run the ball a lot better than Houston does. I feel like um, you know, defensively, you don't really know what you're going to get from Houston week to week. Some games, they, they give up tons of points. Some weeks, they, they look great. Um, we don't have a great history against the Texans, but honestly, I think the Texans won't be as good this year. I say the Browns win this one. Yeah, I, I really, to be honest with you, and this just might be my uh, uh, Browns hubris, uh, and the fact that I'm not going to be willing to concede anything to Jordan. Uh, I, don't, I don't really think the Browns have too much of it. Again, this is all as things stand right now. So we're not predicting injuries. We're not. I mean, I will say, uh, you know, when was the last time J.J. Watt was healthy for a season? So mm-hmm. there's a good possibility mm-hmm. that he doesn't play in this game, just because you don't know. Um, but I, I just, I don't think the Browns have much trouble with this game. I think... Uh, they're going to be refocused after coming off the bye week. They're going to see, I have them at four and four, so they're going to say, "Hey, we've got these next two home games." And then we have a game against Jacksonville coming up, um, where they can go on a little bit of a run. So I have the Browns winning this game. Coming off the bye week is a great point. Yeah, yeah, that helps. So I have five and four. Yep. And then we again we finish out this homestand with uh, Philadelphia. This is uh, this is the Stefano Bowl right here. It is. Steve's dad is from Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Huge Birds fan. And then Philly is Steve's uh, second favorite team. There you go. So I think some years first favorite team, like when the Browns went own sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I can see yeah. that. Well, I think your dad will be. Eagles happy. were also Super Bowl yeah. champion that same year. So yeah, that's true. something to do with that. That, that's, that's, true. that's a win. Um, yeah, I don't think that we beat Philly. I think they come into town, and I think that they, uh, I think that they ruin the party. I think that uh, Carson Wentz, kind of like Dak, I think Carson's better than a lot of people give him credit for, and I think that. Uh, their, their defense will be good enough that they will shut down enough of what we want to do. I think we lose. So we're in my mind, now we're back to 500. Yeah, the, the Browns don't play the Eagles much because they're in the opposite conference. It's like an every four-year thing. It seems like every four years, we're right there to win the game, and it's like Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football. They just pulled away at the last minute. So, um, I mean, like, like Ryan said, the Eagles, the Eagles are pretty strong. I've got the Browns on a three-game winning streak coming into this game. I... I'm not going to make it four. I say they lose this one. I uh, I think this is a statement. This could be a statement uh, game for the Browns. Um, I think this is uh, for me. I have the Browns winning this game, um, going to six and four, and then being like, okay, we're 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 firmly in this. Like it's not it's not like the past couple years where we start off really crappy, win like two games, and then we're like, well, if if a couple teams lose, like. You know, we'll still be mathematically alive in December. No, I think this is the this is the game where the Browns are like, okay, let's go. We're, you know, we're coming for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the Browns beat the Eagles. Uh, I am at six and four at this point. I got six and four. Ryan's got five and five. Five and five. Um, do we have to spend much time on this one? Nope. I feel good about everybody's. Even though it's in Jacksonville, I don't think that the Jaguars are going to have any remote chance. Yeah. This is going to be a nice trip. It's the weekend after Thanksgiving. It's you know it's Florida. It's going to be sunny <laughs> weather. It's going to be warm. Whereas we might be snowing by then up in Cleveland. It's going to be a treat for the players. They're going to win this one easily. Yep. Right. So seven and four, seven and four, six and five. Yep. All right. This is a uh, this is an interesting one. There's a lot going on with this game. Uh, week thirteen at Tennessee. So this is another one where big time game. You know, Tennessee ruined the party last year for us. Week one, you know, we were the off season. You know, we were off season champs. Everybody was crowning us before everything started. 
and then Tennessee came in and just threw well, crowding, crowding. Exactly. <laughs> um, so this is a big game. Uh, I I have the Browns losing this game. I think this is a tough one for us. Um, I think this is going to be one of those uh, proverbial games that the Browns have had over the years where they just can't stop the run. Uh, Derrick mm. Henry. Mm. Um, you know, on our side, we have Nick Chubb and, and Derrick. I think this might be one of the fastest games in NFL history because both teams run the ball so well. There's not going to be. I don't think there's going to be a lot of passes thrown in this game. This is going to be a knockdown, drag out, old school football game. I agree. And, um, and I think that Tennessee is going to be better at it. And it's in December. It's in Tennessee, but it's in December, so who knows what the weather's going to be like? It's so. not impossible for it to snow in Nashville in December. True. I mean, it's not likely, but I mean, it could also be rainy. You never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have I have a loss. So do I. Man. Um, <laughs> no, I think the Titans are a much better team than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah. I think they run the ball better than just about anybody yep. other than maybe Baltimore. But, I mean, they, they went to Baltimore last year's playoffs and just destroyed them. So, like, I don't think that's a fluke. I, I think the Titans do win this game. Yeah, I, you're I right. think they're Baltimore gonna have, losing. Lamar Jackson losing in the playoffs is not a fluke. I do think they're going to have a really good season, actually, the Titans. I, I think they're going to win the division. Yeah. Tennessee's strong. And then, unfortunately, even though we're home, we're playing Baltimore. Now, mm-hmm. in my mind, I always have this conversation with my dad. Like, in, in baseball, as long as you beat the bad teams and split with the good teams, you're in good spots, right? Yeah. I don't see us splitting with Baltimore this year. I, I want to say we do. I'd love, this, love to get to a point where we could say beat up on the crappy teams mm-hmm. and then split with your division opponents. Okay. I just don't see it. I think that Lamar Jackson is, I've said this before, I think he's a better thrower than people give him credit for. He's not just a run threat. And I think he's going to show that this year. Um, week 14, you know, injuries are going to be much more of a factor by this point on both sides of the ball. Who knows what that means? Even though we're at home, uh, even though I think that, you know, Lamar can throw better, the weather might be a factor if it's a crappy day. And if if, if he can't throw, Night game. maybe it's a different Monday story. Night. Yeah, it is going to be. Oh, that's true. Night. Oh, man. Nighttime in Cleveland. That's going to be a rough game. That'll be cold. That'll yep. suck. That might impact him throwing, so maybe that changes a little bit of my argument, but I still just think that their defense is too good and Lamar is going to be able to control the, the clock more than I'd like him to. I think we lose. I uh, I think we're going to win. I'm not going to tell you why because I don't know how, but <laughs> I think the Browns are going to win. Because you need it to be so. That's right. <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely. Fair enough. Steve? Man. He's wrestling with it. I really am wrestling with this one. Um, national TV game, December. I mean, this is the type of big spot we have coming in. Like I have them coming in seven and five, so it's it's really like they're in the heart of the playoff race here. Baltimore, I mean, might be nine and three or ten and two. I mean, they might only be eight and four if they're not doing as well. So I mean, all the chips are going to be down in this one. Um, you know what? Give me the Browns. I, 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 say, I say the Browns. <laughs> Let's go. a big performance like they did last September. I say they get the split with the Ravens. They win it. Let's go. All right. I have the Browns at 8-5. and five. Steve, are you 8-5 yes. as well? Mm-hmm. Ryan is... You're 6-7, and seven, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Ooh, I am. Boy. Yeah. It's, right. it's a rough year. Now, I feel better. And I don't want to go too quickly if there's anything you want to uh, pinpoint on either of these teams. Back-to-back weeks in New York. We've got mm-hmm. the Giants first, followed by the Jets. I feel good about both of them. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump boy. That sets up that's up sets up a mammoth matchup in week 17. That it does, and I'll get to wow. that when we get there. So the Giants first up, I think OBJ. Uh, I don't think I mean he can't 
he's going to want to ball it all season because he wants to restore some reputation. Right. But I think that he has a, I think he has a good, solid homecoming back to New York. Yeah. I hope that goes well for him. Um, and I just, I, I, I think uh, Danny Dimes is more like Danny Nichols. I think he's going to, I think we're going to eat him up. And, and, I, and I feel good about that. Danny. So I, I have us back to 500 at 7-7 seven and seven by beating the Giants. All right. Steve? Well, I just had the Browns beating Baltimore. On He's going to do night. the same thing. He, I, I wanted him to go first. It's, it's going to be a short week. Oh. <laughs> They're going He's on the road steal to the my Giants. Thunder. Who I think are going to be improved. I like Daniel Jones. I think they're they're going to be better than they've been in years past. And I have not yet had a game where I feel like the Browns are favored to win and they've laid an the, egg. The egg laying game. This is the game. You son of Browns a bitch. Lose the Browns <laughs> they leave the Meadowlands with a loss. You and they have to come back to the next week. Yeah, I think the Browns. I haven't beating Baltimore the week before on a short week, so I think they're going to be highest of highs. They're going to be. You know, and I think they're going to look past the Giants because I have them at eight and five, beating beating Baltimore on Monday Night Football, and I think they're going to look past the Giants. So I also have them slipping up and losing this game. Honest to God, yeah, interesting. <laughs> okay. I, I was I when 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 we were talking about our games earlier, I was going down the schedule. I'm like, yeah, that's the one. That's the slip up game. Yeah, mm. that's the one where we're we're like eight and five, nine and four, or whatever, and. We're about to, you know, looking to clinch a spot because the playoffs are expanded this year in the NFL. So, well, let's circle it now. December twentieth is going to yep. be a rotten uh, yep. lump of coal in our stocking. It really yeah. could be. Uh, week Week sixteen against the Jets. I have them winning. Yeah. Not much to say about that one. Yeah. That's a no doubter. Yeah. I, I feel Jets good about. Stink. I feel good about beating the Jets. And so at this point, so I've, you're eight and seven. I've got no. I got us eight and eight at this point. Eight and seven. Or no, excuse me. Eight, eight and seven. seven. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then nine and six. Nine and six. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, and so uh, and then where do we play? Or oh, we play in Cleveland, but who do we play? Steelers. <laughs> there it is. Good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. All right, could be the biggest game uh, in Browns recent history. Yeah, for, for sure. Well, if things play out the way I've done it, it definitely will be because yeah. at, at at eight and seven, if we want to salvage. I don't think nine and seven gets us into the playoffs. I'm being really honest. I Even with the expanded playoffs, huh? Oh wait, there is the extra spot. Seven oh, teams from each conference. I Maybe forgot about year. the expanded. Maybe Ooh. with the expanded spot, we sneak in. I, I think that. So, like I was talking about with the Ravens, where if you can split with your division opponents and beat up on the crappy teams, you might be yeah. in a decent spot. In a normal year, nine and seven could very easily lose out on a tiebreaker. Yes, and I, th- I think that we're going to be flirting with that. I think that, um, we're going to be playing for our lives. I think that we sneak it out. I think that we take the win and we have our we have a, we have a winning record. Okay, nine, nine and seven. So. Super Browns! <laughs> Super Browns! Yeah! Steve? So at this point, I've got the Browns nine and six. I have them losing twice out of conference, so their, their tiebreaker situation is probably going to be pretty good. Um, I only have them losing once in the division up to this point. Well, twice in the division up to this point. Um, I don't know. Pittsburgh's kind of interesting to me. I don't know if they're going to be, you know, some people are calling for like 12 and 4, and some other folks are only calling like 8 and 9, 7, 8 and 8. I, they're, they're, to me, kind of the swing team in the AFC North. Um, I, th- for whatever reason, defensively, we can never seem to unlock them when we're playing in Pittsburgh. But we, some of the times we play them at home, we've done much better, and they've struggled to score on us. Yeah. Um, the Browns, I think, have, been 50-50 against the Steelers at, at home in recent years. Yeah. 
Um, huh. With a tie in there, too. There was right, a tie in there, right. too, yes. Uh, mostly because we had a kicker that just couldn't make field goals. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just think the Browns have played pretty well at home pretty much the whole year in my predictions. I think it, I think it stays. I think with, with, with everything on the line, and you know, maybe it'll be a situation. Pittsburgh does great. Maybe they got 13 wins on the board, and this game doesn't matter to them. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'd say the Browns win. I'd say they finish 10-6. and six. <laughs> all right uh so i'm gonna let uh i'm gonna let our good buddy at the uh, washington capitals uh uh radio announcer make my prediction for me <laughs> good morning good afternoon and good night pittsburgh uh i think the browns win uh, screw you, Pittsburgh. I don't want any listeners from the city of Pittsburgh. Oh, screw yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that city. <laughs> and uh, I have the Browns winning, going ten and six, and making the playoffs. So we've got nine and seven, mm-hmm. ten and six, ten and six. Yep. Are we all in agreement that ten wins is not enough to win the AFC North? Correct. Well, I I think that. I I, think... I I I agree with that. I think it's close. I don't I don't think Baltimore's going fourteen and two again. I think Baltimore's no. going to go probably twelve. Yeah, 11-12, something like that, if we're being realistic. And then Pittsburgh, I think, will be – there could be three teams in the AFC North win double-digit games. It's, yeah. I would I, not you be know, surprised I, if that that's, happened. That's what I think. I, I think Pittsburgh and Baltimore – In which case, will, if, that, if that's the case, you're looking at the Bengals being 2-14 and 14 again. I think that will happen as well. Yeah. I think Bengals 2-14. and 14, I think the Steelers and Ravens will both be 11-5. Yeah, just because, like, you're going to have to feast on – you're going to have to feast on them for the, those – for the three teams to get to ten wins, like they're gonna have to all win two of their games against the Bengals. Which, by the way, Browns beat the Steelers in Week Seventeen in my fantasy land here. They cost the Steelers the division title. I love costing Steelers stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's the predictions, and uh, like everything else on LTO, we go way over time on everything. So <laughs> that's gonna be our Browns. Season preview episode. Uh, if you're still out there listening to us at this point, we appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. We're going to be back every week. Um, hopefully for the majority of the season, it'll be this lineup. But uh, schedules conflict and all that. So, um, you know, that will be fluid. But uh, we will be with you win, lose, or draw for every Browns week, hopefully. And uh, be able to react to uh, all the goings on for the Browns season. So, only two games that aren't on Sunday this year, so it should be pretty easy to yeah. have everything happen for these yeah. post-game shows. And only one 4 o'clock game, too. Yeah. yeah. So we appreciate you listening. Steve, thanks for joining us again. Looking forward to this again this year. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm excited to for the uh, Around the NFL segments that we that we loved so much last year. Um, so we'll do that mm-hmm. uh, starting this Sunday. It's crazy. Can't wait. Crazy. So uh, for Ryan and Steve, I'm Dan. You've been listening to the Living Off the Land 2020 Browns preview show. And uh, stay tuned for LOTL uh, later this week. So see you guys. Go Browns. Bye. Bye.